out here on the West Coast with me, or good afternoon if you're on the East Coast or in the central part of the country. My name is Michael Filigera. I am the proprietor of um, LogicalSignals.com and also TradersHelpingTraders.com. And I am here to bring you my view on many of the stocks I think that uh, you guys are looking for and trading with. Um, what I can begin with, Joe, just to kind of get us warmed up, is <clears throat> my background is that I have been uh, studying, using, analyzing uh, with Elliott Wave and the Fibonacci sequences uh, for over 35 years now. And my trading experience is 43 years. So I've been in the markets for quite some time. I've traded uh, as an options market maker on here on the Pacific Exchange in San Francisco. I've also traded on the London Traded Options Market, the uh, European Options Exchange in Amsterdam, and the German Bourse, the DTB, which of course is in Germany. And I came back here to the United States because I lived in Europe for a while and went back to the floor. And then suddenly everything started to slow down as we went into the new millennium. People were leaving the floor. I left with them, came back, and decided to um, well, show my chats. I'm trying to get the chat open, David, and it's not doing it. Wow. Okay. So something's going on there. Can you get that chat open for me so I'll be able to see at least what stocks people are going to want? Uh, you just have to move your cursor around until you find the, the Zoom menu. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, I can't open it for you. Oh, there's the Zoom meeting controls. But I do have it here in front of me. I can go and I can see who's here. But when it goes, when I go to open the chat, ah, there we go. Okay. Oh, you guys got you some got nice ones. Okay. You got some fun stocks. Okay. So I'm just going to jump right in. I was going to talk about the S&P. But you guys, I like the stocks you guys are putting out there. So we're going to start with you. And then if we get into a lull, I'll come back to the S&P. Um, my primary markets that I do cover. And again, I, pr I present a uh, daily update on uh, YouTube <clears throat> each day. Uh, actually, Monday through Thursday. And then on Sunday. So Sunday to Thursday, I do Elliott Wave updates. And then once a week, I'm now doing an Eye of the Storm podcast which I review and look at the larger picture for the uh, SPX, the NDX. So I go to the cash markets on my big picture. And then also I cover the treasuries, gold and silver, and the US dollar. So those are once a week, big picture updates. And I also have uh, guests that I've had on. Uh, unfortunately, I do have some already recorded, but I'm waiting to get them uh, edited and some trailers put on. So they'll be also be coming up and some really great guests I've got also planned uh, for uh, coming this month and next month. So hopefully there'll be a lot of things to offer out because we're really moving into uh, what I will consider a difficult period uh, for the economy, for inflation, for many, many things. And I think it's going to be important to try to get a wraparound view other than what we're hearing on CNBC, for example, or any of the other financial media, which just put pundit after pundit who's going to spit out basically what the bulk of people, I think, want to hear. And so I think at these particular times, it's really quite important to get some truth. So let's jump in and talk. First, what we got is Meta. And Meta is not out of trouble just yet. So I'm just going to start here with the daily chart. I can move it up even further. Let me go look at the weekly chart. So this is the weekly. So we can get up to its highs, uh, which were in August of 2021. And they, they zoomed up because, of course, their claim was that they were pro producing quite a bit of revenue from advertising. 
then there was the fall from grace and we had all kinds of things going on and the company started to lose money and then they really got trashed coming all the way down. They got as low as 88.09 and that was in on October the 31st of all days, right? So off of that level, we are putting in a rebound rally, so to speak. So the real question, if we're looking at the bigger picture, would be, well, is this really going to recover and start to build on this rally and move forward? So I can't speak to any of the fundamentals because I don't follow the fundamentals, but I know that when you're listening to a lot of, of financial media, they're going to talk about the forward fundamentals or the forward progression or whatever that the company may be able to do. They're going to, we're going to get those ads back and, and the, the economy is going to recover and therefore Meta will be back in the money. Now, this is the thought. So I don't necessarily agree with that. So what I would come up with here in Meta is that it has done, and this is again, looking at a very quick Elliot, it's one, two, uh, no, one, two, one, two, three, four, five. This is only a little four. Um, and if I had to say, I'm going to go and just throw some Fibonacci up there for you, because that would go from there to there. And what we'd be looking at is if we've only done three waves down, right? So we've got an A, B, and, or one, two, three, then this is a fourth wave. Now, under Elliott, the guidelines tell us that fourth waves most often are going to come in at between 0.236 to 0.382. This being a weekly chart, it's a much longer term. So I kind of would be looking at the structure. Now, the structure is also going to be what we would consider three waves or an A, a B, and a C. So right off the bat, I might think that this is just only an A wave, or it could be the entire fourth wave. When they fail to come up to a level that we would normally expect from an equity or an index or anything, in terms of what a fourth wave should be able to do, it should actually come into the fourth wave of one lesser degree, and that's going to be right there. So we should at least see the possibility that Meta, within this quarter, may be able to get itself back to 150. If it doesn't, the underlying weakness in the company and in the stock is forever present and will we get the bounce but it fails to produce the move as expected which tells you there's still underlying weakness not only in meta but in the markets themselves so what i also have on here is these are moving averages and the sky blue is a five period the yellow is an eight period the darker blue is a 21 period. The sort of orangish one is a 55 period because I use all Fibonacci numbers. And if you have any familiarity with the Fibonacci sequence, it all starts with zero. And then you add the next number. So zero, one. So zero plus one is one. One plus one is two. And then we work up to three, five, eight, 13, 21, 34, because we keep adding those numbers and they increase to infinity. And there are relationships, Fibonacci relationships between one and the next number higher. And that normally will work out to be 0.618. So with that in mind, right now, we the both of these, the, the uh, five and the eight moving average period, again, on a weekly chart, are following the rally as they should. But, and we are getting a slight turn now in the 21 period, 21 period moving average. But it's not really doing anything. But if the market were to come up and cross over, it's going to give a boost to this move. We should find some additional stronger buying. And that right now is at 131. So from where we are, I would think that we're likely going to at least get up and get a test of that 131 area. And I think right now we're trading at 127. So, and it's actually been a nice rally. It's been it's been a, a 40-point rally off of the lows that we saw last October. So, but a lot will tell us then I'm not sure when Meta's going to be up to report uh, this quarter. 
So, or year end actually. So I'm not sure of those numbers, but it's going to be heavily. People are going to be waiting. People are going to want to see how everything's turning out. We know that that metaverse went through a large round of layoffs. We don't know if there's going to be more. So there's, we still have a lot of information that I think the market wants to see before they're really going to commit to whether they're going to buy this. Now, on an Elliott Wave basis, I would expect we should get a continuation. Again, this might only be wave A of that small fourth wave. And then we get a B wave decline. And then we get a C wave, <clears throat> excuse me, up. That may bring us to the 150 area. And overall, because Meta sits in the NASDAQ, and I'm looking for the NASDAQ to, to put in, along with the S&P, by the way, uh, to put in a low and finish this first leg down of a much larger correction and then put produce a very large cycle degree uh, rally. And it's going to be a B wave rally. And if you have any familiarity with Elliott Wave, B waves are deceptive. They're deceiving. They're they're sucker plays. They call them. They can have these massive rallies to give you this thought of oh, and we're all good. Everything's great. Um, but when everything kind of lines up market wise, so what we have is we've got the interest rates. Then of course we have treasuries right below that. Then we have the dollar or the currency below that, you know, if we're looking at a pecking order. And then down there, we have corporate below that. And then the last on that list is retail. And unfortunately, that's where most of us sit, right? We're the individuals, we're, we're the retail trader uh, because, and I'm even retail because I'm no longer a member of an exchange. So I can did not have to say that I'm a professional trader because I'm retail. I don't go to an exchange and I don't have a membership there. So I'm just like everybody else. I sit in my home and I trade. So the retail, we're going to be the last down on that list to actually get any benefits. So, but the whole concept is it's like if the government and, and the Fed keep saying that they are getting a handle on, they're going to continue to fight the good fight to get inflation back down, their target remains 2%, which in my humble opinion is not achievable. But the other thing that I think that I really wanted to bring to the table today and, and is our understanding of really what's going on. Because what we're hearing from the Fed is that they're really, they, they're fighting inflation. Now we're, we're going after inflation. It's like, well, in order to really do that, you got to stop the stimulus. And right now, the government just passed a $1.7 trillion stimulus package to get the infrastructure bill, which was passed, off the ground. So I think there's $800 billion towards that. And the balance is to fund the government so that we, our government can continue to function. Well, it's a stimulus. Half of it is a stimulus because it's going in so the corps, corporations can start hiring the people that are going to repair and rebuild a lot of sections of our parts of our infrastructure. Bridges, roads, the internet, broadband, uh, the electrical grid, things that have basically been ignored for 50 plus years. If we don't do it, we'll crumble. Our infrastructure will start to crumble. So it is something that's very necessary. But in and of itself, Hiring all those people, all those people going back to work or getting new jobs, having that money, being able to support their families, support themselves, and contribute to our tax base is a wonderful thing. But underneath all that, we need to understand it's inflationary. And if the Federal Reserve and its board are trying to fight inflation, they're, they're not going to like the jobs reports. And you saw that today. You saw that we had the jobless claims. It didn't fall in giving us a, a strength of, oh, we're really getting more unemployed, which brings that inflation down. So in other words, it's like really what needs to happen here, and I hate to say it, is that all of that stimulus money that has gone in to our economy and to the corporates and into the retail, right? Because during the pandemic, they had to bail us 
the citizens, the retail, they had to bail us out because we couldn't go out and go to work. So a lot of it had to work from home. So we had to give money to the corp corporations so that they could continue to pay the people that were staying at home, et cetera, et cetera. So this, this whole thing, this whole stimulus has created, I think now we're up to about 33 or $34 trillion in debt. So if we take a look at GDP, national debt versus GDP, because a lot of people want to make a comparison to, well, you know, there's a big difference between what took place in the 70s and the 80s, the last time we saw inflation this high, versus now. And I'm like, you're right. There is a huge difference. And the difference is that there's a lot more debt now than we had in the 70s and the 80s when inflation got out of control, when interest rates were low and had to be taken up to the moon to get that inflation back to a manageable level. And now we're saying that that's what the Fed's saying, we want to do that again. And it's like, well, in my opinion, folks, it's not gonna happen if the Fed stays behind the rate of inflation. So in essence, really what we've done is yes, they're saying we've done these massive interest rate hikes, three quarters of a basis point, now 75 basis points to, to consistent. And that is not taking care of it because inflation remains at 7.2, 7.4%. So they're saying, well, we're bringing it down. It's like, well, that's also smoke and mirrors if you really go back and look at it. Well, take a look at crude. Crude's coming down. The price of gasoline's coming down. That's bringing inflation back in. It's like, hmm, yeah. But the cost of goods, folks, is still going up. So one balances out the other, and you can't take them separately. You've got to put them together. So inflation is still a problem. And if the Fed really does want to get out in front of inflation, they're going to have to raise the interest rates higher than the rate of inflation. That'll stop it. I guarantee it. Now, in, in the lieu of that not occurring, what's going to happen to our market? Well, we're going to have to continue to fight the interest rates going up, going up, going up. And how is that going to affect our market? Well, like I just described, I'm looking for the market to kind of put in a low. And that low might be the low that's going to last us for the balance of 2023, to be honest with you. But what comes next is a counter trend rally on a very large degree. Again, if, if you're understanding Elliot, Elliot comes in degrees. And on a weekly chart, we're, we are looking at a cycle degree or a higher, particularly when we're in the indexes. And so that's a long and that's a longer period of time. So I'm looking for this low, which really the whole move started at the beginning of 2022. And in some cases, if we look at individual stocks like Meta, it began in August of 2021. That's when the top was reached and we're now we're working our way down in Meta's correction on a very higher degree. So back to Meta, I think that what we can get is a, a little bit more here, but I do feel that the market is going to turn, come down, break below 87, finish this initial larger five waves down on an Elliott basis, right? If you remember, one, two, this is all wave three. This is the small wave four. So we got one more five. We got wave five down. And I don't, couldn't tell you exactly where it's going to end up or even start to speculate on that because I need to see where the end of this wave four is going to be before you can start scheduling out or just, and you know, putting out a, a forecast for where, this should end, but I believe it will go in in lockstep with the indexes. Now, Metaverse is a member <clears throat> of the NASDAQ. I believe it's also in the Russell and I believe it's in the S&P. So it's in three out of the four. And so th they'll have enough to find for everything to kind of filter through. So short term, we got a shot. 
at at least getting to 133 to 135. We got an outside chance it'll just really push all the way up to 150. If this is the A, and, and we already got the Bs in there, but I don't think so. I think we're only getting the A wave. We'll get a B wave, which should not fall all the way back down to the lows. So this may take a while to unfold. Again, we're on a weekly chart. Let me see if I can bring it down to the daily and see what I get. It's the same thing. And let me see if I can do that and then bring it back in. Don't they? So we get a little bit better picture. It, it, it does appear that it, we're getting a five waves up and that's going to be an A wave. Then we'll get that B wave. And right now, if the B wave, if, if we're sitting up at 128, basically, and we go to 88, so you're looking at 40 points. If it falls back 20, falls back towards 107, 110, 107, a B wave, normally you're looking at 0.382 to 0.50. Outside, maybe point, point 0.618 of the A wave will be retraced. It kind of brings us back down between 110 and 100. Then we put in a C wave, and that's the one that you would expect then to go and get itself up to 150 before the next larger, larger collapse within the markets occurs. So short term, I think we got a fair chance of dropping back down towards 110 to 100, and then doing a solid rally. After that, it, as the all of the markets will be doing that counter trend rally. Okay, so let's go over to KALA. Kayla Pharmaceuticals. Yeah, depending on what pharmaceutical they have. Oh, look at that thing. Nice. They come out with something positive. Now, here's the trick. And if you've been trading in, in pharmaceuticals or biopharm, you know that the volatility in these things are crazy because they may be doing trials. You know, they have a new drug. They got a drug that's going to be very popular or very useful or very whatever. Then you're going to get this. You get these rallies. Um, I don't have a lot of experience in pharmaceuticals because I don't trade them individually. But if I even go out, you're going to see, let's take it out here. Obviously, they've had a couple of times. So back in 2020, these things went through the roof. I'm not sure what they were working on or if they just went because the whole market went and there was plenty of stimulus money going into the company to do research and development. But here we are. They sank all the way back. And I have no idea if this was the benefit of any reverse um, you know, buybacks or, or anything that went in there, reverse splits. I have no idea. So I can't really say. But if I'm going to take it back down to the daily, it's a nice recovery. And something's up with the stock. So maybe the person who's asking, Mike, maybe you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, I hear you on that. He may have. I, I don't I don't follow the rumors. Um, but again, what I want to A waves, hi David. A waves can be three or they can be five. And here's the here's Great question. So let me just interrupt for a second. I'll get back to KLA, uh, Caleb, right in a minute. When we're looking at a corrective move, the, they're going to be labeled in letters, and it's going to be ABC. But there are two structural forms that they can take. One is 535. Five. So with the A wave is five waves, the B wave would be three, and then the C wave would be five. The second form the structure can take is what we call, oh, and by the way, the 535 is called a zigzag because it's pretty much zig. And it, you know, if you can kind of get that, it's zigzag. So the second one is a flat. And that's pretty much where wave A is three waves. Wave B would be three waves. And then wave C would be still five waves because all C waves must produce five waves. That's one of the rules of Elliot. And on that basis, then this going back to what I was talking about before in meta, we wouldn't be counting five. We would count three, three, five. So we would see that 
in that first stage. And maybe I missed it, but if I'm over here on the daily, and again, let me see if I can get this open and bring it back down so we can see it. It it possibly, possibly, but even if I did it this way, one, two, three, four, five, there's A, A, B, C, B, one, two, three, four, five. It, now it could be that if I look at the daily. Still zigzag though. But there's the wave A, then we get this wave B, nice little flat three, and then we got one, two, three, a little four, and a five. So maybe we do it now. We get up now into that level. Um, oh, zigzag would definitely be, it's an ABC, it's corrective pattern. And all, all the corrective patterns are going to be labeled ABC in some form of ABC. Um, so just to kind of put a cap on this meta, what I just talked about, now that I break it down on this level, we may be in the C wave now of the ABC. Still could be wave A, I have to tell you, still could be, or it could be the whole thing. Again, if they start getting up to what we were looking at in terms of resistance, well, in that case, up into here, and on the daily, we've broken above Last week we got we we gapped above the uh, fifty moving average that produced that little additional boost and the fact that we're now holding above again off to see because they get all grouped bunched together. See, there's the five, there's the eight, there's the fifty, there's the twenty. And now if the twenty comes up and crosses that fifty, that's going to give another boost to the market. The buyers will find support in that and continue to buy. That's that one. Now back over to KLA, KLLA. Difficult chart. Something, something was revealed. And again, being a pharmaceutical company, a new drug. Uh, the FDA approved a drug. Or they're getting positive results in a, in a stage two or stage three trial. So there's something up with that. If it doesn't get past all of that, it'll reverse. So I would imagine that a lot of this, being that it was all the way down there, is, of course, that it's breaking above all the moving averages. The moving averages are now getting lined up because what you would technically want to see, now the 200, it's a much longer term, you want to see the 50 on the bottom, then the 20, then the 8, then the 4. So if this, and that's that tells you that your moving average is in alignment for continuation of the move, okay? Not knowing anything on why the move is happening. Technically, you're getting an indication that it should follow through. If the 20 gets above the 200 and the 50 can get above the 200, this thing's gone. It should go back up and start to retest that high from March of last year. Um. I couldn't tell you, Mark, uh, Mike, I'm sorry. I, I would not be able to tell you. You're always going to be stuck trying to, you know, if it, if the market comes down, again, the daily, let me take it down to, let's look at a four-hour chart and try to open it. Oops. Oops. Yeah. See, here, the four-hour chart is lined. It's in alignment. There's the 200, the 55, the 21, the 8, and the 5. So uh, thanks, George. Um, so it is it is lined up. Now, if you're thinking that this rally, and now it's coming back down, it's holding the 4 and the 8. If it continues to do that, 25, wow, I, if it was going to drop all the way back to the 50, I don't know. Because your first points of support are going to be the four, or which is the five, actually, sorry. And then the eight. The eight sits around 43 right now. That is holding thus far. That's suggesting that as, as long as it holds, that you're going to get a rally, and the rally should continue to get above 57. So I don't know how much money you're looking to make or how, how long you want to, uh, what type of a trade you're going to be putting on. That's the 21. If it comes down to the 21 and holds and turns, yeah. It's a, it would be a good trade because if you can get in as close to that level as possible, you're going to use that same level as your stop. 
which is below it. So you're going to have a very low risk trade, basically. Again, technically speaking, I know nothing about what this pharmaceutical company does or what they work on. So, but that technical picture, there you have it right then and there. Um, Triple M. Boy, you're taking me back. I love all the good oldies. <laughs> I shouldn't talk like that because I, but we shouldn't. This is set, this actually is going to follow the markets more cleanly uh, because it's in all the indexes. So we're doing finishing up a counter trend rally actually in the S and P, in the Nasdaq, and in the Russell. So what it should do from here, it may already have. There is the possibility it's going to get up into here and test the 200-day or 200-period uh, moving average. And I use the EMAs, folks. A lot of people use SMA. I use the EMAs on all of my uh, moving averages. Now, this is the daily. Here again, I can say we've done five up. That's A, there's B, now we've done three down. I would look for this thing to rally, but it's getting stuck right today. But like in the others, we're just looking at moving averages. It's coming down and holding the holding on. Well, the 20 did cross, but now the 20 is beginning to hook again. You can see there, it's not the worst picture in the world, but if it were to drop from here, then it's going to drop below 117. That would be my take. Otherwise, this is going to build and it should be able to build. This is, It's a little bit difficult, but I have to leave open the potential that it's going to go up and test that, if not break it before. Now, we may drop again looking for that low in the markets before we get that larger counter trend rally that I've been talking about. Triple M is definitely going to be a part of that. Triple M may not react as heavily against what the Dow and the S&P and the NASDAQ, it's not a part of the NASDAQ, that what the Dow and the um, S&P will react because it's one stock amongst 30 in the, in the Dow and 500 in the S&P. But it will participate. And because it is a member of all those baskets, that get traded. And one thing that I will add, that what has really truly changed right now in how people invest is that they're really turning to the ETFs. And there are ETFs on everything. There are ETFs on the treasuries. There's ETF on gold. There's ETF on silver. There's ETFs that are ultra long, ultra short on the S&P, on the Dow, on the NASDAQ, on the Russell, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are ETFs on everything. Now, what that essentially does is instead of just investing in a single stock, which I believe Gen Zs and a lot of millennials, they're not choosing individual stocks. They're like, I don't have the time for that. So they're going into these ETFs and allowing the big three, BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard to do all the decision-making for them. So what happens is we give a lot of trading power to BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, and other ETF owners. But right now, the big three, as far as like ownership and individual stocks within the S&P, have 96% of the controlling rights, the controlling votes within the S&P 500 through their ETFs. That's a lot of power. So again, being the triple M is a part of those indexes. They will get moved and shoved around accordingly as to how BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard are going to be trading. So many times we get a lot of things that a, you know a stock is good or bad, or we're wondering why is Triple M moving contra to what the broader market is doing. And that could be something that technically is within Triple M. Now, add on to this, folks, 
that everything under the sun within our trading world has options. And options expire every day in the ES and the SPX and, and some of the NDX or NQ, the NASDAQ, every day, Monday through Friday. Then we have weekly expirations every Friday. Then we have monthly expirations. And then we have quarterly expirations. So there's a lot going on. And when we're looking at trying to figure out something fundamentally, you really are going to be better off looking at the technical picture because the technical picture is going to actually include where do they want the S&P to close this Friday, tomorrow? You know, we had the big end of year play, and that was on the SPX 3835 strike. Cash market, not the future, but the cash market. So it settled in cash. And so when you got to go and look at who's got the, and it was a gigantic position. And it basically was what they call a collar. So there was a big short in that December 30th, SPX, December 3835 strike. And, but it got all taken off. And then what the other side was, the collar was, was a gigantic put butterfly. So these are huge positions that are being put on by very, very large firms for their own purposes, for what they need to get done. So that's really what we're up against. That's really, so when we see these movements, at, at many, many times, it has nothing to do with being bullish or bearish on the economy or on anything. So now, uh, Kayla, yeah, again, Mike, couldn't tell you. Around 25, yep. There, yep, I already answered that one. Okay, wow, you guys love some of my stocks. But we're going to go now. George is asking for GDX, and GDX is the, are the miners. And hi, George. Nice to see you today. George and I, we know each other, and um, I'm glad that he's here. Uh, we Here's an ETF, and it's on the gold miners. Now, gold itself presents a very interesting picture. So let me just kind of quickly update that a little bit. Right now, the world is confronting, and the U.S. is doing it as well, where thus far our currencies globally are fiat currencies. And basically what fiat is basically telling us is our dollars are not really guaranteed or backed by gold or anything other than the good faith and credit of the United States. Well, when that starts to get sketchy, who wants the dollar? So. We're now moving towards, it's not really been publicly known yet, but a digitalized dollar. China is well into the process, and they are currently using the digital yuan in China. So what they are also doing is realizing that, well, you know, we just had that FTX, we had that big debacle, we had all this stuff about Bitcoin, blah, blah, blah. How are people going to have any confidence in a digital currency when cryptos are really still hanging on to a pretty kind of a negative cloud hanging over them? Well, you better back it with something. So China is quietly building up gold reserves like crazy. So when we look at gold, and everybody goes like, well, why is gold going up? Is, is it the uncertainty? Is it this? Is it that? It's like, no, there's a demand for gold. Now, we also need to add into this, there is a very limited supply of the amount of gold that's available, right? That's already been mined and it's out of the ground. There's even a smaller limited supply that is still yet or mineable to get out of the ground and refine and put it out there. So we're, we're talking about something that does not have an endless supply. Now, putting that all in, you're going to start to see why gold is beginning to rally. Russia, they're doing the same thing, digital ruble. 
And what happens then? They're going to start accepting gold for oil. All right? That's been going on in Russia for a while. They're going to back that digital ruble because they need to continue. Whether, whether or not we have an opinion on what's happening that Russia's doing, don't go there. Let's just look at them as a country. What do they have to come and trade with at the table? They have oil. They have gas. Large amounts of both. Now, oil, we know they got to get it phased out or else we're just going to drop into the, the movie the day after tomorrow. But natural gas, it's a commodity. And it's in it's getting tightened because of the a lot of things that are happening with Russia, the Ukraine, and the pipeline that got sabotaged and got damaged and is now not expected to really be available for several more years. So there's something else going on that I will bring up in a moment, because there's so many things happening behind that I think that we as investors, we need to know. But here we have the gold miners. Now, as gold rallies, so should the miners. But here's what I want to say about investing in the mining stocks, and particularly the ETF. When we're looking at the bigger ones, at Barrick and Newmont, and um, uh, now they, I used to have them all up in my head, but they're not there. But the, the big, like Newmont Mining, uh, Barrick Gold, uh, Gold, there's another Gold Shares, there's, there's several different companies. Each one, smaller one to larger one, they have production costs, mining costs. And so they're always attached to a level that's gold whether that's $900 an ounce, $1,350 an ounce, $1,700 an ounce, they're all going to have, that's where the price of gold needs to be for them to really go and mine the gold. Now, longer or, you know, the, the longer term mining companies that have been in and have other subsidies in other places are going to do better than the smaller mining companies where their cost is so high. Now, so that's what you need to do. First, if you're looking at this gold miners ETF, who's in there? Which ones are in there? And then once you can determine that, you're going to be able to go and look and see what their cost is to actually mine the gold or the silver. This one's a gold miners. But unfortunately, a lot of those gold miners also do silver and other precious metals. So right now, they're in a fairly decent rally that is doing the same thing as gold. I expect a very explosive rally in gold, actually. A lot of people don't see that. And then when they see and they turn around, they say, oh, yeah, well, it's down 20 bucks. But suddenly watch the next time it suddenly jumps $50. You're like, well, why are they buying gold? It's not going to be a lot of other people. It's normally going to be like China, Russia, the United States. Who knows? Everyone is going to have to switch to digital currencies. So that's just something that's out there that to kind of get an understanding on. Now, with the gold miners, let me pull it open just a little bit so we can take a peek. I think like gold, that was the correction. I think here, one, two, three, four, we're doing a five. We're getting stuck on the weekly 200 moving average, but it's not looking bad. It's not looking bad. We've got the 20, the four, the eight, and the and the five all getting ready to cross over the 50 and start heading for the 200. In the meantime, though, it does look like we've done five up. Good move. It could be wave one of them looking for five up. Other thing to consider when you're looking at gold or a precious metal. Normally, within an Elliott move, it's going to be the third wave that's going to be the longest and the strongest, and that will extend. In gold and in precious metals, it's the fifth wave. In many commodities, actually, it's the fifth wave where you get that blow off. So when I look at a very, very big picture of gold, we are in a third wave going up, but we're entering into the minor fifth wave of it. So I am expecting gold to actually, within this move, catch fire and start heading back above 2,000. Now, 
What could that do here? Well, I would think that it's going to be able to get it above uh, 42 and eventually above 46. So if I even bring this out a little bit more, let's go out here. So if we can kind of come down, that one should be done. So let's go from, yeah, I can do it from here. I'm going to take and go here. I'm going to go to the extensions, Fibonacci extensions. That's where I'm going to find out where you know I can put out an extension as to where I think something should go. There you go. Here you have your fibs. This is on a monthly maximum chart. So this is on a long-term basis. But you have 3468s next. But eventually, if I'm looking for it to break there, as it really starts to explode higher, you're looking at at least uh, 4564, which is 70.5% on a fib. 100% where this would be equal to that comes in at 55. So there's a lot of room. And again, you could use these same numbers for a stop. Like if we get a little bit of a pullback, if it comes back down on this again, a monthly chart, if it comes back to 28 down to 25 and you choose, okay, I'm going to add to a position or I'm going to start a position there. You don't want it to go below 2171 or whatever that low was. You don't want it to break it at all. You're going to give it a little room should it occur. So the low is 2152. Maybe you're going to put the stop at 21. Because you're going to want to be out. Because if that's it, then all of this is off. And we're going to we're putting another larger leg down. And then you're looking at probably moving to 16 or even as low as 12. So right now I'm bullish on it. But it's got to perform. It's got to do. But you always have to have that other side. You always have to think, what else can it do? What's the other side of that coin? Well, the other side of the coin is that we have what could be a, a small, very small top here of a wave one. If you're going to do what wave two should do, right? So I'm going to take it back down to that daily. Let me get rid of that one. And let me just put on retracement. So the two different types of Fibonacci extension uh, that I use are Fibonacci extensions when I'm looking for relationships between ongoing waves. But if retracements would just be, if, well, if this is going to end up being five up and I'm just looking for a, a retracement back down. And if I'm going to call this wave one, then I'm looking for a wave two. Most common Fibonacci retracements for a wave two are 50% to 0.618% of that first wave. So we're looking at 26 down to 25. But it can go further. Wave two can retrace almost all of wave one. It just cannot exceed it. So if that's the starting point for this wave one, it can't exceed it. So anywhere you buy in here, that's where your stop's going to be. Because if it comes down and breaks that, then it's not a correction. And it's not a wave two. And that would leave this as not being wave one. So that's how you use Elliott and Fibs to help you control your trade and realize where your trade becomes invalidated. So I I would, you know, knowing you, George, I would say you already have a position here and you're looking to maybe to add it. I would think you're going to look to add down in here. If it gets there. Again, if gold takes hold and goes, it's the dollar's not going to make a difference. You know, dollar euro is not going to make a difference. It's going to go because it's being purchased across the board. Okay. Let's keep moving along here. Google, our friend. Now, Google, gigantic company. Huge. Very cash rich. But it does not have the ability to work its way around inflation. It doesn't have the ability to produce ad revenue when nobody's given it. Now, 
we hear a lot of stuff about ad revenues declining, ad revenues going down. I have a website, not a website, a, um, a my post and what I do every day in Elliott Wave Update is done on YouTube. And so my channel on YouTube is monetized by YouTube. So it carries ads. And I'm seeing the ad revenue continue to rise within my own postings, my own YouTube channel. But it could be because you know, you're getting more views and you know, things of that nature. But so I know that the advertisers are still out there. I know that YouTube is still making some money. But I think Google overall is feeling the crunch within the tech sector. But notice that they're pretty quiet. Um, and I that's because they're they're still they're chugging along. They do a lot of things on the on the net. They do a lot of things uh with developing product. So I would think that Google in and of itself, it may it's gonna drop. It's got more to go because it's a member of all these indexes. And this is post split high. So in other words, it's like, you know, it's gone, it's done its reverse splits. So I think that it's going to follow what the NASDAQ did. Yeah, this was just a fat finger exercise here. There's the all time high. And this is because of the split. So I think that what we're doing is getting ready. One, two, one, two. Yeah, we might be doing an ABC down and it'll be due for a rally as well, but I'd be looking for it to come in below 83. And yeah, on the weekly, the 20 is down broken below the 200 and that capped it and that's what's producing this. You're going to find sellers because of the, the movement and the moving averages. The 50 is now turned lower. So I think there's still some more downside here. And what you're going to want to do, let me just see if I can find a spot where we're going to be putting this on. Even if I just take it from here and I'm looking at what possibly you could get, because this is the pandemic low. So March of 2020. And if I kind of go there and I run it up to what I would call the all-time high. Yeah, it's down 618. It's heading for this. It could, I don't think it will, but it could drop itself down. Now, having said that, let me go back. So I, I layer my fibs, by the way. And I'm thinking that I can go from here to here and going to get an idea of what this last little decline is going to be. Now I'm going to go back over and I'm going to use the extensions and I'm going to take it from there to there up to here. And that's if we got some overlap. We do. 80 down to 77, down to 75. Not bad. Maybe it drops another 11 bucks. Everybody's going to be really shaking the boots. But here's the bottom line of my feeling for the big tech titans. No, they cannot work their way out of inflation. But it, it by no means says that they don't have enough money or cash sitting somewhere that they're going to make they're going to get through all of this maybe their productions and will be a little bit less because why we're in a different type of economy we're a different type of market move we are correcting in terms of the total market we are correcting the massive excess of capital that came into the markets and via stimulus. It, it came into the markets because we had 2009, which was an economic collapse. That was corporate. So what did our government have to do? They needed to bail out corporations in order to keep the economy and us retail, real people, alive, working. What happens if, if all these banks would have failed and they would close the door? 
What happens if Ford would have went out of business? What happens if GM would have went out of business? What happens if the train systems, the train companies, the freight goes out of business? We lose everything. The government went to the printing press and they printed money. Now you're going to hear all kinds of crap. Oh, terrible. They should never do that. They should never do that. You know what? Those same people that are saying that still because they don't want to kick the can down the road. Really? You should have started kicking the can down the road when it would have been a whole lot cheaper to repair our infrastructure than $800 billion. So they had choices. They chose not to do it. So yes, kicking the can down the road is the only thing we got left. Otherwise, the bridges are going to fall. The roads are going to fall apart. We're not going to have the train tracks to be able to get our freight anywhere, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we're not, we're not really, we're not in that good of a choice. But what's it going to do to the economy? We're still going to tumble lower a little bit. But I believe that companies like Google, Apple, uh, I don't necessarily include Meta because mm, a little bit different there, but are bigger companies that are really grounded. They're grounded in their sector. Amazon. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's a thing at Amazon that we all buy from Amazon. But you know what? Amazon really makes the money. Same place Microsoft really makes the money. Web services. That ain't going anywhere. Everything's going electronic. Our dollar is going to be electronic. It's going to be virtual. So what else is really going to be popular? Not cryptocurrencies, blockchain. It's the technology. It's the technology of how we get our money from A to B to C to D and all the way around. So there's a lot going on. And I think that Google has got their hands in there. Microsoft has their hands in there. Apple has their hands in there. But they still got to survive the next coming year or more. And that's going to be the difference. So Google, I like. I would let it come down. And I would think that you're going to buy it because you're going to get a big rally, but then there's going to be another devastating decline. And that's going to come, I think, the end of 2024 uh, into 2025. Or actually, yeah, it could come, it could start the end of 2023, beginning of 2024, and take us right through to 2025. Now, that's what I'm going to say. We're really going to go. Uh, I'm running out of time, which is always the problem. There's never enough time. SCHD, not familiar with it. Oh, Schwab Strategic U.S. Dividend. Hmm. I don't know. The Daily tells me it's done a beautiful rally. If it it's done three down, maybe it does another rally. And then that's going to be it. So again, I'm 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 really you're, you're going to put positions together to cover you on what I'm expecting to in in a cycle B wave rally. That B wave rally is going to go up. So let me just kind of conclude. Eh, I don't even have time. Um, but I would say the covered call. Ugh, I don't know enough about them. I don't know enough about them, uh, Raj. That. Boy, that's a little bit difficult. That's a longer conversation. I don't have enough time to really do that. What will the digital dollar do to cash in the banks? It's going to change it because it's not going to be cash. Your cash will be digital. So it's going to be, it's it's going to be, it's going to take a while, but the government's going to have the control on what you get and when you get it. Yep, a mess. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be for it to start. So it's it's out there. It's not it's not coming anytime soon. So our dollars are going to continue to be okay. Um, I got about thirty seconds, I think, and I just want to quickly go back, and I want to show you. If I go to my monthly here, in the S and P, this is the future. So right now, on a cycle degree, we I'm working on a cycle degree A. And within that cycle degree A, it's going to consist of the green, our primary. So it's going to be A and a B and a C, a primary. So we still got a ways to go in the primary. So the S&P, I really think, will come down into this previous fourth, which is the primary four, 
which was the March 2020 lows, come in there. And that's where I'm going to get my cycle wave A, which is the red color. The cycle wave A will come in down here. We're going to get a cycle B, which I believe will take us back above 38 to 4,000 to 4,400. And that coming, maybe we get to start that after the first quarter or somewhere within the next couple of months or month or so. First, though, we're going to get a little shock to the system because we need to come down and finish this. And then we'll do that big rally. But then what comes after all that, folks, is that massive decline that I'm alluding to. A cycle degree C wave to finish this super cycle degree four. And that one will bring us back down into here. The cycle degree C wave will bring us back down to here eventually. Again, that's out there. That's way out there. There'll be lots of trading. And here's the good news. There's $6.1 trillion swirling around our markets right now. It's got to find a home. It's got to be put to use. It's got to go, you know, this is the excess capital we got. But it's out there and it's going to be debased at some point. But why wouldn't we want to go in there and try to get our piece to build up our own reserves, to build up our own trades, and, and just keep trading. 